Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, let's also get to today's Twitter poll question of the day brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. But James, to your point, if they tag him, then they tag him. Unless they pull an Eagles like they did with Trot, and then they remove the tag, and then you go sign the guy, and then there it is. All right, Twitter poll question of the day brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Armin offering the highest quality certified pre-owned vehicles in the Delaware Valley. Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. Today's question, who should bat leadoff for the Phils this season? Three choices, Schwarber, Stott, Turner. How do you size it up? We'll get to that as we move through the show. Schwarber, Stott, Turner, something I'm sure we'll talk a lot about in March in the lead-up to the season. JB and Cheston Hill right now, your reaction to everything from yesterday. Good morning, JB. Good morning, folks, uh, ladies and germs. Um, I think my reaction is kind of the same as John's. Like, it's – it's what are you doing? Like, there's no real concise answer. You're not giving any kind of example of, like, how you're going to lead these new players. Um, I think it's confusing. I think it goes one of two ways. I think it's a, a disaster with these other great – not great, but, you know, you have Vic Vangio and Moore, both proven commodities. One of them will end up taking over this team by midseason if it doesn't turn out to jump out of the gate 5-1 and one or, you know, 6-2. and two. Um, I think, you know, free agency-wise, side note, I think that uh, DeAndre Swift should be a priority for the simple fact that Kellen Moore loves to throw the ball to the running back out of the backfield. Austin Eckler had 75 targets. DeAndre Swift, I don't know if anybody remembered when he was at Georgia, he's completely unstoppable out of backfield. There's not a linebacker in in football that can cover him one-on-one. So I think he needs to be a priority. Well, JB, you know my theory from 2023 on that topic. I believe he didn't get it more because the Eagles ran a somewhat simplified offense because they thought that fit hurts best. I agree. But I think you're now – you're stepping up your game – Seemingly, well, he better step it up. Yeah, it's time no, for him. I'm, to talk, I'm talking about the, the, the organization as a whole. It seems you're bringing Kellen Moore and you're not bringing him in to run, you know, this read. Oh, no, I agree. Vanilla, but, but, look, it, it, JB, I love the idea of having a great running back. Uh, I'm DeAndre Swift being our great running back, he, but he needs to be a change of pace guy. I'm convinced of that. So, we're gonna need multiple guys in this backfield. You know, you, you talk about uh, Kellen Moore's success with uh, Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler is out there. Austin Eckler is available out there. But the the trick is, our guy, DeAndre Swift, is 25 years old. Correct. Austin Eckler's 28, uh, which is, you know, young in the grand scheme of things. But for a running back, we know how it goes. Sure. Three years years of mileage on a running back's bed. Young, local, and in the grand scheme of things, when you look at what other running backs got around the NFL this year, double-digit millions of dollars, 
and our guy was making you know 1.8 million dollars. It was so reasonable. I think it's I think it's reasonable to expect the possibility that DeAndre Swift is an eagle, but we're going to have to pay him a little more than we did. A little more, yeah. I agree. He it's well deserved. I mean, all you got to do is put on his film from when he was at Georgia his junior year. He played against LSU, which was the best defense in the country. I think he had like 90 yards in receiving. Oh, he can do it. There's no doubt he can do He's it. He's like hurtling human beings. Like, and yeah. I mean, I've known him since he's been a kid, so it's like yeah. that's a side note for me. But he, you know, he's a guy that I think is like the perfect piece because, like, you know, if you're, if you're thinking in simple football ter- football terms, it's like you got Devontae who can run any route, you got AJ who can take every deep route, and you got Goddard who seemingly we can put back across the middle. Yeah. But, J.B., Jalen Jalen has to see it. I agree. He has to get smarter up top. He has to, football, quarterback is the only position in all sports that you have to get better above the shoulders every single year. Like, you could be Deshaun Jackson and be the fastest guy on the field for 15 years. Yeah. It's not really going to affect it. You just get better at honing route running. You have to get smarter because every defensive coordinator in the NFL – is figuring out a way to ruin your day if you're a quarterback. All right, fascinating call here. Give me a great intro for a character in a movie. You can win the Santana and County Crows tickets. How about Darth Vader, his introduction? That's what I've been waiting for. I knew so I, I, yeah. I knew that was one of your two. I knew it. I mean, it's massive. They're on it's that so ship. Huge. They're ah. on that ship, and the shootout has just happened where the, the, the stormtroopers have gunned down, you know, the good guys, even though the good guys are the rebels. And then here comes Darth. You know, smoke billows up and Darth steps through. Look at you stand no, actually, up. You're yeah. standing up but in the studio. Now you're, I, I am. mean, look at the excitement. I am, there. but I, I got to tell you. Fired but, up. Yeah. But I think Jurassic Park's an even better answer That's a so good far. one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's close, man. I think it's a little more understated, the intro of Darth, than you do. Oh, I mean, John, he comes through. He's menacing. The, the visual is incredible. It is so cut and dry, black right. and white. Good versus like right. it's every theme you can imagine all rolled into one, but it is pretty straightforward. I mean, he's just walking through a spaceship. Yeah, but he's not to mean, be messed with. He's not to be messed with. Right. Mean things are happening. Yeah. You can see he's going to strangle you. Yeah. With mean magic things are happening. <laughs> and, and, and you know the other one I'm talking about. Also. I do from yeah. that same movie. Yeah. Yep. Let's just say it's outdoors. <laughs> 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 it's outdoors. All right. Um. We got a Joe Conklin song we're going to get to in a moment. It's 94 WIP HD1 Philadelphia as we broadcast from the Tasty Cake studio. Let's do more here on the Sirianni front because uh, two questions near the end of the press conference that uh, elicited interest and answers. So I believe it was Elliot that, and we'll talk to Elliot in half an hour. Elliot asked him a question about a lesson from last year, listen to what Sirianni said. What's one thing you learned last year from the you know, end of the season that you think next year can help you if you are in a similar situation or you lose a game or two? Like, what was one takeaway you helped, you thought? You know, we went through, early in, early here in 2021, we went through a, like a, a really tough stretch, right? And we doubled down on the on the situ, on the, the things we knew to be true, our, our culture, our core values. And... And I wouldn't say, you know, and then we went through a tough stretch here, too. And, and even though we said to ourselves, hey, we're doubling down on this, it didn't. In 2021, it worked. And in 2023, it didn't work. I think it's just, you know, again, being in this constant growth mindset of, you know, of, of things that, you know, just always trying to get better at, the, at, at every style of football that you can that you're that you're that you're trying to do. John, I said to you earlier, and I really mean this. 
I really am starting to wonder if his messaging is getting stale for the players. Yeah. Even though they like him, I'm positive because it's getting stale for me. Concern, yes, it's getting exactly. stale for me. When we hear it and we just sort of roll our eyes, right. start to tune it out. I promise the players have already done that. Because here's the thing: after after Sirianni said that, he then went to this, and it's just more and more yeah. and more. Here's what he said right after that: I do think, though, with those core values, it is a you always double down on those because to me. It wasn't a core values. We didn't just make them up and say, hey, connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals are what's oh. important, right? We, that was years and years of coaching and playing that we thought to ourselves, but and I thought on. to myself, these are the common denominators of good football teams. And that's not, that's not changing off of a bad spurt, right? <laughs> and so it is, it is a true double down on those from day one. Um, you know, doubling down on the connection, doubling down on the accountability. I really look at it, those two, the connect and the accountability, even though I say connect, compete, well, those two C's kind of go together, so it's like they say together. But connect and accountability are the two, I would say, cornerstones of our of our program that we, that those are, those are the ones that when I really take away, hey, these are important, that we play with good football IQ, that we play with good fundamentals, and that we compete our ass off, those are important. But it all starts. Every, everything starts with the accountability and the connecting, and and so it is. It's almost a a, a double down, a triple down on those um, those core values. All right, John, go ahead. You're dying to say something. Go for it. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to make it through I the cut. I think he sucked his soul out of him. Him. Look go at for him. It. <laughs> He's so. You just told us it didn't work. Okay, in in 2023. It worked in 2021. Doubling, doubling down, it worked in 2021. Didn't work in 2023. Things have changed, man. The message is stale. You told us the offense was stale. No, but that's a different the message, thing. I, I understand. That's different. This message, this message, I worry about it. I, I do really tell. I do worry tell. about it. And, uh, man, it like I said, if we're rolling our eyes, those, those uh, teammates – Probably are too. How many times have they heard that? Do you know how many times we've heard these yeah. court? They they probably heard it every day for years. All right, Ruben, we don't make ever some okay. Hear from him. Ruben's the one sick of it. Ruben's <laughs> the one guy here who's been on both sides, not as a head coach, but he was a coach as an assistant coach in baseball, but obviously a player and a general manager who had to oversee a coach. Ruben, if that is set, because I think those core values are good core values, of course. But if they are delivered over and over and over and over again, does that get stale? I think it gets stale, but the, the thing that was strange to me was like, well, maybe we missed, you know, overemphasized one over the other. I don't that that the messaging there just very strange right. to me. It's just so odd. hold on, I that agree. was the problem. I agree. Yeah, it's odd. That, like, that it's odd. You're right. That, it's that's odd. the problem. The problem from last year was I overemphasized one of these core values more than the other things. Where uh, and again. We're still in the early stages of, of identifying these things. Can I? Just... They, they they still need to get back to us on what really went wrong. But he thinks he might have just focused more on a core value uh, in one area too much. That doesn't make any sense. If I'm a player, I want answers. I want assurance that that will not happen again. We need a plan, a better plan when we go out there this time. And and you're telling me that. It was an overemphasis on one of the five core values that I'm already tuning out anyway. Like, that does not give me the answer I crave. It makes me think exactly what I believe is that they did not emphasize enough 
one of those core values, and that one is fundamentals because the blocking <laughs> and tackling <laughs> yeah. was I'm, – I'm totally no, you're serious. you're damn right. Well, how about the blocking and tackling was so poor right. yeah. and so imb- – uh, uh, to me, I just couldn't believe how poorly we tackled. Yeah. And I just I, – I think – in a lot of ways, it almost makes me think. You know what? We didn't over. We didn't emphasize that part of the game enough, and the fundamentals of football. I mean, you don't block and tackle. Yeah, the football part. We didn't emphasize football. And like we forgot yeah. to focus that's on what it playing like. football. That's what it seemed like to me. That well, was my calling, take on it. And calling the right place, which is football. Also, it's it's how you scheme it up. Because I I still think maybe the biggest disaster is just the, the scheme. I mean, we can talk all we want about culture. We can talk all we want about we emphasize this. And I mean, I just think their their play stunk. But the, pla- got, the tackling stale. piece of this is like so fundamental. I agree with you on that too. That if you don't tackle uh, an opposing play, they pick up yardage, and then you and then yeah. there's Pretty first basic. downs. And I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> know, it's it's no it's question. Football one on one. All right, look, you can react to all this. There's a lot going on. I let, let's also get to a Conklin song. So you might remember if you were listening yesterday, uh, I had referenced the. Incredible irony. Wasn't really captured in any of the audio we played yet today or anything that happened yesterday, but the incredible irony, and it's ridiculous, that the Eagles have a head coach that they need him to, to, to pipe down with his demonstrative public stuff, like on the sidelines, and this is for Frank Reich! And, like, you know, I mean, I, I got to tell you, Ruben, I liked it more when Charlie Manuel said, this is for Philadelphia. It was after what they call a championship. You know, you got <laughs> Eagles beat the Colts, and he's doing the Frank Reich stomp thing. You got the, the Kansas City game last year after they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. The, by the way, they're on a way to That wasn't Super a Bowl. magical moment, the oh. Frank Reich win against Indy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not going to remember that forever. I almost lost that game. This is for Philadelphia. It was great. Um, so they need the coach to, like, you know, dude, pipe down a little bit. Act like you've been there before. But they, they want the, the quarterback to pipe up more. Irony. We even referenced Alanis Morissette. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> Joe Conklin, he went into the lab. Marilyn Mike came out of the lab. Isn't it ironic? We got a head coach who can't control his emotions. We got a quarterback who shows no emotion. Sirianni is a hothead. But he's got no juice. Jalen Hurts is stoic. He can't keep his teammates loose. And isn't it ironic? The standard is the standard. Don't you think? I know what the fuck I'm doing. It's like a home game played in Brazil. A running quarterback who doesn't give you a thrill. We just ink this guy. For 250 mil. And who would have thought? If the years. They had to keep the coach from throwing a fit. They brought in Bay Dom to babysit. But it's so damn strange. Our quarterback's robotic. And as the team crashed down, we thought, Our coach is just chaotic. And isn't it ironic? I got tags for my brawler. Don't you think? The rent is due every day. It's a shame. It's a real sad day. 250 million! <laughs> and he's already paid. First Wentz now hurts. Have you suffered the same fate? And who would have thought? It's the years. 
You know, it's a funny game. When your quarterback moves like it has no crew, everything blowing up like whence it's deja vu. It's like a home game played in Brazil. A running quarterback who doesn't give you a thrill. We just ink this guy for 250 mil. And who would have thought it's the years? Football's a funny game. Yeah, yeah it is, Merle. You know, it's a funny game. What a great job. I Phenomenal job. Awesome. Are you kidding me? That was awesome. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> that was a great line. It's a masterpiece. It really is. It's a masterpiece. I mean, I, I don't like, know. Like, just awesome. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. I don't know how Joe does it, but I know this. He's incomparable. And you can see Conklin's comedy show at the Church of the Incarnation on Main Street in Mantua, New Jersey, Saturday, April 20th, and also at St. Luke's Church on Easton Road in Glenside, on Saturday, April 27th. For tickets to either of those shows, get yourself to joeconklin.com. You can also see Conklin's Comedy Night at Parks Casino in Ben Salem every other Thursday night on Thursday, March 7th. It's J.J. Ramirez and Jocelyn Shaw. For tickets, go to joeconklin.com. Joeconklin.com! Total masterpiece. All right, up ahead, your reaction to everything we're discussing, including what Sirianni and Howie said. More on the 76ers. We'll get to some flyer stuff related to their uh, push for the playoffs. A good win last night. That and more. Elliot Shore Parks at 830. It's all here today. Plus, Ruben on who should bat leadoff. We'll get to that and more. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on 94 WIP. Hey, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get 150. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Great to be with you here on this Wednesday morning. Show to camera, John Rich. Be better if the Sixers were better. Embiid has to be Superman with a cape. Times Shaq, times Wilt. 
times Kareem times Bill Russell. Doesn't have to be that Superman. I, with I, the I was gonna say the same thing. Like, is there a Superman without a kid? Yeah, it's I'm called gonna... Clark Kent. <laughs> <laughs> That's Clark Kent. That's not Superman. Uh, and Joe, the cape just got torn and is currently oh. on the injured list. I'm just saying they are so bad without him. It's unbelievable. They are so bad. So Well, well they were almost as good as the Celtics oh, for a Sean, quarter. would you oh, knock stop it off? It. Don't stop. <laughs> that doesn't count for something. No. no. So, it was anyway. 30 to 30. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, How we- in the world do they go on those runs? Last night, to start the second half, 16 points. Like, just, we scored zero. Because they tried. 16 Because they tried. It really was. Yes. It really was. Like, the Celtics, the Celtics said, were hey, you know what? With we got to stop messing around, guys. Let's, set an ex- yeah. let, let, let's show them who we are. Boom. 16 points later, and it only took, like, two minutes. Here's what I'd say. The Sixers currently have, at best, at best, two players that actually deserve to start in the NBA. And that's if you count Tobias. That's it. Yeah, and Tobias. Nobody, there are definitely teams Tobias wouldn't start for. 100% yeah. correct. A lot of teams Tobias wouldn't start for. He's really he's really not that good anymore. Maxie's legit. We know that. And otherwise, I mean, you're talking about you just got a bunch of guys that should be bench players. And not someone's like Aaron McKee off the bench. Not my six man. The Sixers have a bunch of like eight, nine, ten guys. It's rough, man. It's, it's tough to watch. All right. Um, Elliot Shore Parks from the Combine in 10 minutes. Ruben, I know that um, I know you're an ambassador for the Darren Dalton Foundation. Yes, I am. And a big event because a lot of people listening right now are going to be going down to yep. spring training in the next month. For those there, what is it? March 10th. Yeah, a big March event 10th. Down the, the Darren Dalton uh, Celebrity Bar uh, Bartending. Uh, they are having another event. Well, we've had it here in Philadelphia, but they're having it down there at Frenchie's Tiki Hut, yeah. uh, starting at four o'clock. That's great. From four to seven. It will be a blast. It's always a blast down there, down the left field line, um, in the left field bleachers there. But um, but there's going to be a whole host of guys down there, and uh, just come have some you know, party down and have some fun. I mean, I tell people this all the time. I'm headed down on Sunday, and uh, and I'm actually staying an extra day so I could be part of that part of that bartending crew. That's it's nice. it's going to be fun. We got a whole bunch of uh, old time fills uh, there. Um, don't have all the names, but it's a great group of guys. A lot of the, no- lot of the a lot, notable dudes. A lot of right? notable guys yeah. will be there, yeah. and it'll be a blast. That's so awesome. Please come join us. Well, if you're there, you know, in that, again, it's March 10th specifically. Yep. Um, and look, the spring training games are fun. And, uh, you know, first off, you just get some heat down there. You know, it's been a little cold here lately, although warmed up yesterday. But uh, to support the Dutch Foundation, which yeah, is such a great one in the fight against cancer, it really, it really yeah. is. It's yeah. a real special one, and all the folks that are involved, uh, the DDF is is really special, near and dear to my heart, uh, from one of the greatest leaders of all time. If you ever want to make a direct donation to the Darren Dalton Foundation and help in the fight against cancer, the website is darrendaltonfoundation.org. All right, let's go to the phones. Kurt and Marlton. Good morning, Kurt. It is morning. I will see. I don't know about good, but we'll take morning. I guess if we put our get our feet out of the bed, it's a good day, right? Well, um, totally. Here's the good thing, Kurt. We're two days away from the month that provides. You ready for this? NFL free agency, March yeah. Madness, and the start of the Philly season. So pretty, well, pretty damn good stuff up ahead here, man. Including the chance for the no. But you know what? Free. You know what I'm looking forward to a free agency. Let's turn this thing over, man. Let's get some new players in here and get some dudes out of here. Yeah, but how do you feel about that after what you heard yesterday? I mean, you know, I, I look, I understand it's a dog and pony show. So there's, you know, you're not going to get the, the, the inside baseball kind of stuff. But 
the dog was an old mangy mutt and the pony was a nag headed for the glue factory, man. That was just, there was nothing there to sink your teeth into and say, you know what, this is good. And then to top it all off, Bradbury's part of our future? No, he's not. Yeah, but isn't he? But, but, know, but, but, we've but, but Kurt. What, we've seen what how he does with old players. But, Kurt, first off, first off, it's technically true he is part of their future, which can be defined as the next two weeks. That's the future. Then they cut him, and then he's not part I of the appreciate, future. I appreciate the way you're parsing that, Joe. I really do, and I hope what's he, you're But what's right. he going to say, Lee? Bradbury is a really smart cornerback he's gone. who no longer can run like he could. Now, remember, we got a different D.C., at Vic Fangio, who's going to ask his guys to go out there and run more yeah. zone, which is right. something that is possible. Kurt, Kurt, let me ask, Kurt, let me ask you a do. question. Let me, let me ask you a question. You want Bradbury gone. I want him gone. I think Howie wants him gone. If you were Howie Roseman yesterday, knowing that James Bradbury is a good guy, that he's got friends in that locker room, that he's got an agent that the Eagles have to deal with with other players across the league probably for the next bunch of years, how, Kurt, would you have answered the question about Bradbury's future in Philadelphia? I probably would have said the same thing. Well, but there you go. We don't know okay. which one he needs. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. What are we talking Come about? On. <laughs> Come on. All right, Kirk, give me an answer. A great moment where a character in a movie is debuted. All right, I'm calling in late, so I'm probably going to hit on some that already have been talked about. But Darth Vader? Has been said. Give me another one. Um, Indiana Jones? What's the scene? The uh, Raiders, the boulder, the whole thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen that one the least. So the boulder really? coming. Really? That's yeah. the best one, I man. Know. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone says. I, I like three a lot, but, you know. Boy, the last one that came out last summer was really. Oh, I thought it was solid. Gosh. Oh, I disagree. I Look, it wasn't it wasn't as good as the old ones, but I didn't expect it to. Was it the Ar- end, Archimedes? The the Archimedes part. Uh, yeah, that was the worst part. But in yeah. general, I thought... That was the worst part. That was the whole point. <laughs> no, that was the end. I'm talking about the actual Archimedes part. But I thought I actually thought for, it was way better than Crystal Skull. Like, I thought it was fine. I didn't do Crystal Skull. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, it, it was better than I expected. Yeah, I don't know, man. All right, let's let's get to uh, let's get to Mary. Oh, my God. Mary in Mayfair. What's up, Mary? I got a question for you. But before that, I got a question for Ruben. Rube, who's your surprise team in the National League? I don't want to talk Dodgers, but who's your surprise team? Surprise team. team. Wow, you put me on the spot. Well, just off to any one of the guys could say. Uh, I, I, Our girls. I like the Reds. I don't. I, I, I really like the Reds. It's a great call. Um, I, I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but that's central. I mean, not that great. Now, the Cubs have made themselves better. Uh, but the Reds are an interesting club, man. I think that David Bell done a heck of a job with those youngsters. They, I they, happen they, to agree exciting. with you. They're exciting. I happen to agree. Now, Joe, how are you at golf? Uh, me, He's just okay. Yeah, below below average. I mean, I, I shoot like a 1-0 freaking 5. No, I'm three. talking about golf trivia. He's talking about trivia. trivia. Yeah. Come on. Oh, golf trivia. Probably worse. Well, Jerry Goff, I mean, I, I went to college. <laughs> you know, all right, golf trivia. Yeah. I, can, I can hang in there. I can give you a Sam, right. a Sam Sneed. Right, Sam ahead. was great. Sam was great with that hat. Who was the first golfer to shoot below sixty? Well, I think he shot a fifty-nine. If I remember, I think right. you might be right. <laughs> Nailed it. So the irony is, I think I remember this happening, but I have no clue. I think it was about twenty-five years ago. I don't know. What's the guy's name? Al Guyberger. What year was it? Al Guyberger is his name. You what heard year? me. What year, he was Mary? A pro golfer. What year? I'm not exactly sure. 
Well, I'll be impressed with myself if it was recent. It better be a regulation. No, it's not, I don't think it was recent. Like 25 years ago or something, right? No? Well, I don't consider 25 years ago recent. 1977. No. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. First player to shoot 59, lower than 60, in a PGA Tour event. He is known as Mr. 59. All right. 1977 at the Colonial Country Club. Unlike John, who was known as Mr. 60... Sixty-two. Sixty-two. <laughs> <laughs> nice adjustment. Oh, Thank you. I, just, I figured I'd, you know, I'd toe the line there. Let's get to, uh, to Ken and Cinnamon. And hi, Ken. Good morning, friends. How are you today? Doing great, I, I'm Ken. I'm good. I'm good. We're good. So, John uh, Runyon, Joe. man. John Runyon. <laughs> John Runyon. <laughs> Nicely done, man. Nice. That's really good. All right, go Joe, ahead. Uh, Joe, would you say that Ruben uh, is delicious? Uh, yeah, he, 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 he's a good-looking good fella. Okay, I'll next. Give him that. I'll give him that. <laughs> um, listen, so on the press conference yesterday, all I'm really going to say is what a surprise. Uh, here we are talking about, you know, um, what, what they didn't give us, right? So um, th- this is what these things are. Uh, it, it kind of it, it drives me crazy when I hear people call like previous caller and talk about the organization like it's trash. Like, you know, OK, so, yeah, so we're, uh, you know, it's a dog and pony show where the dog is a mangy mutt with fleas and the pony is is, you know, headed for the glue factory. This is a team that's been in the Super Bowl twice in the last six years. This is a team that's almost always in the playoffs. So let's keep these things in perspective. I agree with you. Totally agree. And, as far as uh, as far as Hassan, and that's my only comment about about really yesterday because I want to do I do want to ask a Phillies question. Um, you know, to me, it's it's believe half of what you hear and all of what you see. When they drafted Nolan Smith last year with the thirtieth pick, that told me then that I did not think that they were going to re-sign or or, or extend Hassan. Right. And I remember and you said you, you said you said it back then. I remember. And I've been telling you that. So it's just look. How he's got, how he's got more cap money this year than he's ever had in history in his history as a GM of, of the Eagles, if he plays this right. And I can promise you that you know linebackers and running backs are at the bottom of his priority list because that's the way the Eagles do business. So you know I just I I didn't expect the son to be back. I don't expect the son to be back, and I don't know why we would expect any other answer out of out of. You're out of grouping Howard. Hassan as a linebacker. Uh, that that right there is a little problematic too i mean he is well he's, he's technically he's a linebacker on, on on the depth chart i know he doesn't play off ball linebacker right? right but i mean it's there, there's so many hybrid positions now that you know even d tackles are, are playing you know four different techniques so it's you know it's just the yeah. modern game of i can give me your give um, me your phil's point here so I, I i've been wondering about this all year and it's is there a chance that we're going to that Weston Wilson is going to get going to get a long look to be that right-handed bat off the bench, play some corner outfield for you? Because it just seems to me every time I see that guy play, um, he, he makes plays. Punishing the good, baseball. Uh, he's a good player. He's a good player, and he's versatile, and I really like him. I see him, see him sort of as a poor man's Whit Merrifield, and I think that's one of the reasons why they got Whit Merrifield because he's going to take probably a, the at-bats that Weston Wilson would have gotten had he made the team. Weston's got um, – I don't know if he's going to have a long look. He may get an opportunity to make this team because it all kind of depends on what, you know, what Rob Thompson wants as that 26th man. 
but uh, but I like the kid. I love his ability. He plays without fear. He has speed. He's got athleticism. He's got some power, and he can play a variety of positions. So that's a it, it's a real plus. It's a good problem to have depth, and and uh, he's one of those guys. He and Pache both, uh, you know, I, I'm reminded to never lend too much credence to the preseason. But you know, we've got some athletic guys who can play in the outfield who are actually getting it done offensively. I know it's the preseason, but it seems better than what I expected. Uh, Do you feel the same way? I love athleticism and depth, and uh, the problem with Pache is that he does not have any uh, options, and so he's a guy that they have to decide. Again, another guy, 25th, 26th man, um, what's best for this team? And um, I think at the end of the day, you're going to figure out what's the best for the team today you and see, what's be- best for the team in the future. You see a scenario where Rojas goes down because of that? It's possible. And Pache, it, even if he's not as good, stays up? It's possible because Pache is not quite as good a defender, but a damn good defender yes, in center field. Yeah. And I'll I'll take him. I'll let him play, take over that role if, in fact, Rojas falters. I wouldn't have a problem with him taking over that role in center field. Um, he's got a little bit more experience, and yes, he is not had the offensive, you know, years and seasons, but I think he's getting better. Hey, Ken, give me an answer here, man. Intro and a movie. Who do you have? Yeah, and just real quick, uh, Pache, if they're both going to hit 200, Pache will at least run into a few over the course of the season that uh, Rojas hasn't shown the ability to do yet. So um, my one of my maybe my favorite character in, in any movie ever uh, when Quint scratches his nails on the chalkboard to. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a big one. answer, too. In Jaws, I mean, he's in the back of the room yeah. in that town meeting. Yep. Wow, that's a, that's really really good answer. That's a disturbing. That scene. sort of makes oh. me feel. I, I can feel. Right yeah, now, that's a little. Vi- that's that a little way. visceral for me. Right? Yeah. I don't like it. I do yeah. like the Twitter poll question of the day. It's brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Routine maintenance, major repairs. Armin Chevrolet's service team is there to help. Certified service. Visit ArminChevy.com. All right, today's poll co- question: Who should bat leadoff this year for the Phils? Three choices: Schwarber, Stott, Turner. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. Let's play one more piece of audio, and then we'll get to Elliot calling in here from the Combine because Nick Sirianni obviously was going to be asked yesterday about A.J. Brown, the whole A.J. Brown thing. Here's what Nick Sirianni said yesterday about A.J. Nick, A.J.'s been pretty, probably frustrated with some of the outside noise. I guess what's been your reaction to it? Do you talk to him about you know handling that type of stuff? Um, A.J., like I've been telling you guys for a long time, not only is he, you know, one of the best players I've ever been around. Um, he's also one of the best leaders, and what you know, and he's going to do anything he can do to stick up for for his for his teammates. Um, that's why I admire. That's why he wears a, a C on his chest. Um, and I think that you know, if you're speculating, well, hey, what what does it mean if he's yelling over here? Like everybody doesn't. There's some people that when you're when you're leading them, you yell at them. And there's some people when you're leading them, you put your arm around them. And there's some people, there's somewhere in the middle. And, like, that's leadership also is just figuring out what buttons to press with different guys. Not every person is – you don't treat everybody the exact same, right? The standard is what it is, and you hold everybody to that standard. But you don't treat everybody exactly the same of how you get to that standard, how you correct that standard, or how you – praise that standard everybody's a little bit different I think you know uh, AJ understands that Um, you know like I said just a great teammate uh, great person that was one form of a compliment that Sirianni had for AJ yesterday you know AJ the guy but he also strongly praised AJ the player 
Um, in my opinion, best receiver that's been in Philadelphia, and I grew up a Terrell Owens fan, and I grew up a uh, Howie says I'm too young to, to uh, like Mike Quick, but I was a huge Mike Quick fan. Um, and it's pretty cool that I get to uh, do some interviews with him every once in a while. And but you look at the stats and you look at what AJ's done in a two-year span. He's he's had the two most productive years ever as a. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As an eagle-wide receiver. And so, man, like, when you have one of your best players being also one of your best leaders, that's that's special. Where does Harold Carmichael jump in here? Well, I mean, so, he's I mean, definitely that. too young for him. Oh, yeah. He's too young for him. But okay. Carmichael, you're going to get to McDonald, Tommy McDonald. Okay. And, you, know, you know, we ran into a problem last year that the offensive coordinator, because A.J. was so good in part, or for, for a host of reasons, the offensive coordinator wasn't able to interact and, and, I don't know, work well enough with A.J. Well, that was the report. of what it – Intimidation. Well, he let me, was intimidated by AJ's like presence, by his attitude. What exactly? Here's what I'd say to that, to John. Make of that. Well, here's what I. Th- that was the Marcus Hayes report. Mm-hmm. I wish that paragraph of Marcus Hayes's report included a quote, even if anonymous, from one of the players. Like there's in that in that story, there are quotes anonymous about certain things. Then you get this one line. About you want to know what intimid- type of intimidation it was. I want to know what specifically and exactly was said to Marcus Hayes by a player, even if anonymous, that led Marcus Hayes to put into a story that the offensive coordinator was intimidated by the player. Right. That's a big statement to put out there without context. Right. A big statement. And how did that manifest itself? Yeah, I mean the, the whole the whole thing. I mean, why what are they we talking were able about here? To Run their own plays. Yeah, yeah. that could be on the it. field. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk to our Eagles reporter. Elliot does a phenomenal job. It's uh, extra duty for him this week as he is in Indianapolis, site of the NFL Combine. Believe it or not, the players are looking at have kind of taken a backseat, at least for us, discussion-wise, to you know Howie and Sirianni and what they said, obviously. And Elliot joins us right now. Good morning, Elliot. Morning. How you guys doing? Oh uh, well, well Elliot. so Elliot, we've been reacting to it for the last two hours and forty minutes. The press conference from yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway from something Howie said or something Nick said? What hit you the most yeah. yesterday? So I'd kind of combine the the two, and just my overall takeaway from being there yesterday, talking to him, was I think they view the, the two sides of the ball in very different situations, um, and I think they probably view the offense not as broken as maybe the general public does. Like, I do think, obviously, Kellen Moore is going to come in here. He's going to have a large say in what happens. Uh, he will call plays. But I thought Sirianni talking yesterday about meshing the two offensive schemes. And, you know, he's talked before about how things they, – they want to keep things that work. And he's always been pretty quick to kind of bring up, you know, they were top whatever in points or those type of things. So I think that this idea that Nick is going to be like a strictly CEO, hands-off the offense head coach, is probably not true. So I think on offense they more view it – it's like a tweak, kind of, for lack of a better word. And then I think on defense, my takeaway from being here is it's going to be an exciting uh, Birdtown Hall when we have that a few weeks at, at McGurk. So I think they're going to spend 
a lot of money in free agency. And I don't think it's going to be one-year deals on, you know, like a Rashad Penny, a Justin Evans. I think we're going to see, like, big-time money spent to some of the top defenders out there uh, and uh, positions in need, like, uh, and most notably, I would say, linebacker and safety. Wow. Elliot, have you had a chance to be around Kellen Moore much uh, yet at this point? And and what are your early impressions? So uh, we have not had a chance to be around Kellen Moore. He he has not spoken to the media, but even outside of that, um, I have not had a chance to be around him. So, uh, yeah, I I don't have any thoughts on him, like, personally. But like I said, I do think he's going to bring new schemes to this offense for sure. And I think that you will see changes with the offense. Mm -hmm. But I remember after that initial press conference talking to you guys and just everyone talking in general, it was, what does Nick do? And, uh, you know, the offense is being taken away from him. Mm -hmm. I just don't get the sense that that is, that is what, what is happening. Did the dynamic feel, how did the dynamic between Nick and Howie feel different this year compared to last year? Very different scenario. You know, last year we're coming off a Super Bowl that we lost. Uh, how did their interaction feel different? I didn't think it felt different at all. Um, I mean, you know, I like just even watching them, like uh, after they speak at the combine, they walk around, they do other media. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've always really, I would say since Nick got here, but especially, you know, after a few months in, they got to know each other. I, they do seem like they genuinely get along. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, just a show they put on. I know sometimes at the podium they can get a little jokey and, you know, it seems a little forced, but I mean, the dynamic to me seems seems almost exactly the same. There there was one interesting moment where they slightly contradicted each other, uh, talking about playing young players. Yeah. Um, how we brought up that, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially me and Nick talked about it, and, you know, maybe it's time to play some of the younger players or, or we should have done it last year. And then Nick was asked about it, and he was basically like, look, I'm a head coach. I'm going to play whoever helps me that Sunday. So I thought that was a little bit of, you know, an, an interesting contradiction, but – in terms of the dynamics, uh, you know, I don't sense any, like, tension or change or anything like that. They still seem to, to be in a good spot. Elliot, I'm struck by something you said in your first answer. You referenced that they're going to spend money, and you specifically said linebackers and safeties. Now, obviously, they'll spend some money, but it, not, like, it sounds like you're implying more than a million or two million. It sounds like you're implying oh, yeah. maybe a shift. Yeah. What did they say or what have you heard otherwise that gives you the impression there could be a philosophical shift of how they allocate money for defense? Yeah. So I get the sense that they don't view the defense as like a piece or two away, right? So I, I think that they know to fix the defense for next year, it's going to take some major changes to the defensive side of the ball, especially in the back seven. And to accomplish that, like you can't do that all through the draft. And last year, if you look at what their kind of strategy was in free agency, it was almost like lottery tickets, like Rashad Penny, Justin Evans, Zach Cunningham, like guys who had, had, you know, had some level of success in the NFL that were probably undervalued last year. And they took chances on those guys. And, you know, Cunningham had some good weeks, but ultimately they probably struck out on all those guys. I think that when they look at this offseason and the cap space that they have, they, they know they need to find long-term fixes at those positions. So, so El- you know, yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say with the linebacker, I think, I think they're getting ready to spend a lot of money there. Now, obviously a free agent has to be available. They have to come here. Like, it's no guarantee they'll be able to spend the money. But just the sense I'm getting being down here – is that they are very willing to spend it, you know, that position. Ellie, let's let's talk about Hassan Reddick for a moment. You were right there, but for anyone who didn't hear what Howie said about Reddick, I'm going to play this audio and then get your interpretation. Here's Howie yesterday on the Reddick situation. Howie, can you give us an update on uh, Hassan Reddick? Where do you where are things with Hassan's report? He was allowed to seek a trade. Do you expect him to be back next year? Well, I'd say this, uh, Hassan, obviously unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Local kid, great success story, Camden, Temple, Philly, 
um, love having Hassan. I think that, you know, anything that you're trying to do, um, you're trying to blend, obviously, what you're trying to do this year and, and how you're going to look in the future. And I think that's the hardest job. But um, certainly, you know, don't want to get into any specifics with any conversations with players, but have tremendous respect for the player and the person. What's the best case scenario? Um, I think honest communication is the best case scenario with all your players and understanding um, where you stand and not having, not being afraid to ha have open doors of communication and hearing where they feel and where we feel. All right, Elliot, it was your question initially there yesterday on, on that topic. So my interpretation is Redick is likely gone. Mm -hmm. What is your interpretation? So I didn't get that, that interpretation. I, I think that this is a really big week for what's going to happen with Hassan Redick because – well, obviously, the Eagles have the final say on what happens. He's under contract next year. I kind of think the decision at this point is almost a little out of their hands in the way that it is really, really going to depend what other teams are willing to pay Hassan Reddick. And this week at the Combine, you have every general manager, every head coach, almost all of the big-time agents are here, and they will be talking, right? Like, this is, he's been given permission to seek a trade. They, like, the Reddick camp is going to go out and see what, what can he get paid. And my takeaway from Howie and just being down here yesterday was if Reddick gets a deal that the Eagles don't want to pay him, like they'll trade him. But, but I don't know if the market is going to give Reddick what he's, what he's looking for. They've consistently undervalued him. So if you were to ask me right now if Reddick is here in training camp, I would say yes. I think there's a better chance wow. he's here. Probably 50-50-ish, but, but I do think he, it's more likely he's here. Elliot, what about the running back position? you got some huge name running backs out there and available after they, after they weren't franchised. Are the Eagles focused on DeAndre Swift or a bigger name running back who could potentially be gotten for cheap? I, I would be surprised just because I think with the, the money they have, they're going to allocate it to the defensive side of the ball. I think and a little bit like Reddick, like the market is going to dictate obviously what these guys make. I mean, if you can get, let's just use Austin Eckler or Derek Henry for $5 million. And yeah, I think they would probably have interest. Now, if there's, there's big time interest in these guys and they get, they get big money. No, I don't think they will. So I do think Swift um, is probably in a tough spot as a free agent, just because there are so many big name guys who, you know, would probably be perceived as better than Swift. Yeah. And that'll drive his value down a little bit because the team's willing to spend, we'll spend it elsewhere. But I think the draft is probably a place they'll look for a running back. Um, but I think most of the big money they spend this offseason will be on the defensive side of the ball. So how feasible a trade target is Legereus Sneed for the Eagles? You know, I would be surprised just because there was a report yesterday that he's going to be franchise tagged. And the tough thing about that is, and, you know, you don't know what that trade is going to look like. But let's say the Chiefs want a second-round pick. So on top of paying Sneed, you're then going to have to give up a major asset to acquire him. I think if Snead hit the open market, they would be very much a player in, in, in him. I think that obviously he fills a position of need, but I also think he's a great culture guy. And I think a, an objective this offseason for the defense is going to be just kind of rebuilding it from the ground up. So the guys you bring in, the type of culture guys you bring in, I think really matter on that side of the ball. But there's going to be a lot of interest in him, a lot of teams probably willing to spend, and then the draft pick on top of it, I just think it makes it a tough thing to uh, pull off. Elliot, did you have to dig a little bit deeper to get your question in in the national scrum, or uh, <laughs> are you just that good that uh, you were able well, to get the, get in there close to the beginning? It is so funny, like being at these league events, you see all the different media markets, and you know, there's so you know they talk about the New York media market in Boston, like there is nothing like the Philly market. <laughs> like, like there was, like, I can assure stuff. you of that. Oh, yeah. Ruben knows. <laughs> yeah, like you go to these other head coaches. And, so you, know, you feel like a warrior. Like, like, do you intimidate other media 
people. feel like a like a seasoned vet. Like I would yeah. say, there's not many people here from that can get questions in over me. But the funny thing is, <laughs> nice. in Philly, like you know, they're like that's how it is with everybody. So there was the one or two questions that got in from you know the Georgia guy and the Colts guy. But if you listen to these other head coach press conferences, it's like fifty fifty with yeah. national guys huh. versus local guys. So Philly nice definitely. Job. Held it. Well, the good, you know, the good story with that in the back uh, ten years ago or so, when Shil Kapati was briefly a, a Seahawks reporter, yeah. I think through ESPN, yeah. and he famously like started screaming out a question of Pete Carroll in the first press conference he was at, and Pete Carroll's yeah. like, "Yo, dude, like, settle down, like, <laughs> easy." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, there's probably only like four people asking a question. You're not in Kansas there. anymore. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Shil, the um, not Shil. Oh no, Shil. No. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. El- Elliot. Elliot. The wow. si- the Sirianni messaging. So we've remarked today that it's getting old to us. I'm convinced this is a huge part of, of why Lurie and Howie brought him back, that they believe in Sirianni as a culture setter, even though things went awry at the end. But I know for me, the messaging, I'm getting tired of hearing it. Do you think it is possible or likely that the players are getting tired of hearing the same freaking five core values over and over again? It's a great question. I mean, I think there's, there's – the way I would look at it is I do think that when, you know, Jalen says the same thing over and over and Nick say this, says the same thing over and over, there is an element of, okay, like we've heard you rank the five core values. Like we know that's what you believe in. And the standard is the standard and blah, blah, but, blah, yeah, blah, but, blah, blah, blah. But, but I do think there, there is an element. And I think this is how the players feel. And if, you know, if you talk to him about Nick, like off to the side or whatever, like Nick is consistent and like, they know what they're going to get from Nick and they know what he believes in. And it, and, you know, obviously he has a, weekly meeting where he has a new message and stuff. But for the most part, like what Nick preaches is what Nick preaches. So I completely understand from the outside looking in, like how it gets tiring. And, you know, I look, I'm at the press conferences when he starts to rank them again and talks about how he orders them. And like, I, I don't think it's like super compelling, but I think that as a player and, you know, Richie could probably speak to this. Like there is an element of like knowing what you're going to get from your head coach and knowing that he like truly, truly believes in that that I think is is probably, you know, uh, a good quality for, for a player to have in a coach. I don't know, man. That's just – I don't know. I, as a player, I, I, I don't think it needs to be harped on all the time. I don't I, – at some point, we understand it. It doesn't need – this This is just how it is, and then you move forward. I don't know how, how but, but John feels say, about that. But I would also say, like, we've – we've done the thing before where we judge Sirianni off the presser and ask how players react to him. Right. Like I know last year was a disaster for everybody at the end, but I do think since Sirianni's gotten here, like time and time again, and I've been part of it too, where we, you know, he has the flower comment or he has the introductory press conference or whatever. And we're like, Oh, dude, like no one's going to believe in this guy. Right. And then they, they do. So I, I, I get your point, but I, but I, just, I, I don't think he know. knows how to win the locker room over. I worry that the belief stems more from, Hey, we got it pretty good with this guy, you know, he we're, we're practicing for 45 minutes and it's a walkthrough. But I don't think Kelsey's wired that way, John. Kelsey believes in okay, him because he believes in him. Okay, but he's still a human being who would rather practice in a walkthrough fashion for 45 minutes than three hours where you're hitting I people. I don't, I don't you, promise. I don't get why you view that as a bad thing. Like, you're, you're talking about well, how they like playing for him and they like the culture. Like, I think from a It's a bad level, thing if they're not getting the practice that they need. If It's a bad thing if it's too easy to where they're not getting – uh, hardened right. enough and as, to and play or not, NFL or football. not being uh, held accountable. That's right. the other piece because right. well, I, think I think that the leadership – is... yeah. go ahead, what the, what this com- Well, what this comes down to is really, and this is the major question for the whole offseason, 
are the Eagles the last seven games or what they've been the last three years, right? So if you look at the last three years, there's no question the way Sirianni runs his team has produced uh, like results that were above expectation and a lot of times like great results. So, you know, on one hand, to your point, John, like are they not practicing enough? Well, the last three years would tell you how they run things work, but the last seven games would tell you maybe it's not working anymore. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like the players like playing for Nick. They like the way he does things. But do the last seven games show it's time for a change? I think we'll get the answer to that next season. Elliot, we'll get the Kelsey answer the next week and a half before free agency, right? Uh, I would think so. I mean, last year here in Indy, uh, I think is when the team found out what what Kelsey was going to do. Um, you know, I haven't seen Kelsey in Indy yet, so you know, reading that what you will. But like, I, I think you will find out in the next week and a half. Yeah. Final thing, Elliot, the combine. You know, like everything else going on at the combine um what's going on what happened yesterday what's going on today what's the schedule yeah it's so funny like i remember when i first started covering the combine it was like you come here and it's such a draft event you're excited to talk to the prospect and you learn over time like it's not really a draft event like it really is more about pro personnel the head coaches the gms the agents and all those things so you're right like over these next few days players are going to work out uh jeremiah trotter jr is going to speak to the media here in about 10 minutes so It'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Uh, the, over the next few days, they'll start to work out the linebackers, the safeties, the receivers, the offensive linemen. So those things will matter. But I, I think for the most part, like the Eagles' objective of being here is, is not as much the draft as maybe you would think. All right, a final thing, Elliot. Is there a running back this year that 97% of the audience is going to tell us they have to draft in the first round even though they never will? Is there, is there yeah, another Bijan? I think that guy plays linebacker for Clemson. Yeah, the linebacker for safety this year. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it would yeah. be exciting if they got Trot, Trot Jr. All right, Elliot, yeah. stay well, pal. We uh, we shall talk to you presumably later this week. We'll figure out the schedule. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Talk to you guys All right, Thanks. really good reporting from Elliot and good questions. Elliot, not all the questions. Let me say this. Not all the <laughs> questions were good yesterday in the press conference, but Elliot's were very good. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.